0: We recording we're rolling how are you doing today allison
1: i'm great how are you
0: i'm doing good. good thanks thanks for doing this yeah
1: for sure thanks for having me
0: yeah absolutely um i've met you a couple years ago at a at a show in i think in old town okay uh, i bought your book flash in the dark
1: mm-hmm. i remember meeting you i wasn't Remember where. She's done so many of those at this point. I was like, okay, can I know it was somewhere in Lansing, but
0: is that great. something you do quite often? You do uh like festivals or shows? Um
1: I try to, yeah. I'm trying to find a good place and a good fit for my books. Um trying comic cons out, um, deciding if they're the right fit. They're you know, what I write is um pretty unique, so it's hard to decide where it fits best. It's not mm-hmm. really a comics so but comic cons are more going toward like pop culture now but like a lot of the festivals and stuff are like craft and art festivals so it's not really like something visual so just trying it out and
0: so um have you had better luck with that with selling your books at like a comic con
1: comic cons not been great i've only done a few at this point um and the one i did was right kind of after COVID or I guess it's not even after COVID yet, but back when things were just getting going again um, mm. and that wasn't super successful. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love going to Comic-Con. So just being there was fun, but um, really where I've had the most success and the most fun like outside event or event is festival of oddities in Charlotte. Okay. Um, Jen Carpenter that does the dead mm. time that has dead time stories. Yeah. The so dead podcast. She puts that on and she doesn't awesome job and for some reason I do <laughs> really well there. It's pro- she'd probably She mm-hmm. probably just does a really good job promoting and putting it together and she does but um, what I write I think tends to appeal to the people that like to go to the Festival of Oddities.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: So I write, tend to write darker fiction <laughs> which you might not tell by looking at me. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are pretty surprised by that but um, so it's super short fiction, flash fiction, all less around a thousand words, and the themes tend to be a little bit on the darker side. I don't know why. I don't know why I started I was, gravitating. I was going to ask, like,
0: what inspires that?
1: You know, just I mean, humanity in general, I guess. is So just you don't have faith, in, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't have good faith in humanity.
1: That's a loaded question. (laughs) No, I'm really fascinated by the light and the dark of humanity, like Mm. that the good and the evil and that people aren't just good and aren't just evil. There's a lot of shades of gray and a lot of in between. And so I think my stories kind of try to touch on that. From the the good to the bad, there's a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, there are some sweeter stories in there and nicer. Mm -hmm. Um, But I try to keep it pretty... Not to sound cliché, try to keep it pretty real, I guess. <laughs> and so, you know, they're not necessarily all happy endings. They're not, yeah. you know, it doesn't everything doesn't wrap up nicely in the end? Um, so,
0: like kind of cliffhanger type type endings.
1: Yeah, cliffhanger twists. With flash fiction, it is supposed to be a complete story in a thousand words, so a beginning, middle, and end. So they do okay. have, um, they do have endings. Um, but kind of twists a lot of the time and kind of open to interpretation endings. Cause you know, that's just life. Yeah. <laughs> There's never really a nice little bow at the end or <laughs> a nice little bow anywhere on any chapter or right. anything like that.
0: So I guess kind of going back, let's, let's talk a little bit about you. Are you from the Lansing area? Were you born and raised here?
1: I am from the area. Yes. I'm from a little town called Stockbridge ah. nearby. I guess I'm terrible at directions. So <laughs> so like I always say nearby. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right off, off of, not right off of, but off of 96. And then you have to drive another 20 minutes to even get to it. So I
0: think I've been there once. I think they have a bike trail. And I think I jumped yeah. on the bike trail there once when yeah. I was young. But
1: Yeah, that goes a long way.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It went forever. And I think <laughs> at one point it was sand. Mm-hmm. It turned into yeah. sand. And, like, we were trying to ride bikes into this, like, it was like we're riding in a sand pit. It's like it was almost impossible. I think we had to walk it at certain points.
1: Just a little ch- extra challenge for you. Yeah, a little
0: extra exercise, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, so you grew up in Stockbridge? Yeah. And what brought you to Lansing?
1: Um, what did bring me to Lansing? That's a good question. Um, no, not just this oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> right. is, no is that
0: uncomfortable? No. No. Okay. All right, you're good.
1: Um, what did bring me to Lansing? I went to Grand Valley. I came home to the area I was in, Mason, where my mom was living. I worked at Best Sellers for a few years, quite a few years. Um, moved to Colorado for a year or so have family out there. So just decided to do, do, something different and lived out there for a little while. Where'd you
0: live in Colorado?
1: The Denver area. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was great. Loved it.
0: Did you go hiking a lot?
1: Mm, I didn't. I'm not a big hiker, but <laughs> <laughs> I would now I, I wasn't then I would go now. Yeah. I think if I were out there now, this was too many years ago to even put a number with it. But, um,
0: too many years ago? How old are you?
1: <laughs> Older than you'd think. Um, <laughs> old enough that it was over 10 years ago that I lived in Colorado. Oh,
0: that's not that bad. I, I could say 10 years ago and I would be still be an adult. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did discover the other day that I have been out of Stockbridge longer than I lived there, though. Really? Just. So if you want to do math, then you can figure out how old I am. But how long did you yeah, live I in Stockbridge? Li- I, li- I moved out when I was, or I moved when I was 18. Oh, okay. like, and I didn't go back after school or anything. So you can do math there. <laughs> if anybody wants to try it, they can figure it out. But I'll leave it a mystery. Um, yeah. How
0: poetic. Poetic <laughs> justice.
1: <laughs> um, but I did come back. Um, I was in a relationship and came back um, to get married, actually, and lived here with, um, him for a little while that relationship did not work out but then I just stayed in Lansing and yeah I've been here kind of here and around the area ever since so, awesome
0: yeah. cool and so you like the Lansing area yeah yeah,
1: yeah. it's a, always I think a loaded question whenever people <laughs> talk about Lansing they have a love-hate relationship with it but what, I love what do, you th-
0: what do you think the hate is about it what do you um, think people hate about it
1: I That's a good question. I feel like they think there's not a lot to do. I think the hate comes from probably more misconceptions than anything. Yeah. That there's not a lot to do. Maybe that was true at one point, actually. Yeah.
0: Um, I think it's possible.
1: Yeah. Since I didn't grow up here, I don't know. I know now there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of people building the community and a lot of stuff getting Mm -hmm. built and I keep moving away from the microphone. Um, (laughs) You can
0: literally just drag it wherever you want. Well, it
1: happens when I talk with my hands and I (laughs) move myself around. Um, So, So I think they can think that there's not much to it and it's not a Grand Rapids and it's not a Chicago and it's not a New York and there, you know, there's just not all these things. But I think if you really stop and take the time and if you, you know, either have grown up here and seen the growth um, or really into immersed in one community or another, that's where the the love part of it can come in. You can hate that it seems like we're not something else, but, you know, if you really dig in and really put the time and effort in, then,
0: That's one thing I realized because I actually grew up in Charlotte and Mm -hmm. um, so like I wasn't a part of the Lansing community obviously but um, I I then moved I've moved around a lot but then I obviously bought a house in Lansing Mm -hmm. and that was like kind of my idea of Lansing like there's not much to do here. I mean obviously you have like the river trailers outdoor Mm -hmm. things you can do but like as far as like going and doing like activities and stuff like that for the longest time I'm like this the city is boring there's not Mm -hmm. much to do like it's not a grand rapids or it's not a detroit Mm -hmm. like you said but um as i started doing the podcast and interviewing people locally there's a lot of things going on there's like Mm -hmm. festivals almost every single weekend. there's some sort of event Mm -hmm. like there's several events
1: yeah Yeah, every weekend it's kind of crazy that's kind of what happened to me when i came back and um started
0: this episode is brought to you by red bike delivery This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new houseplants for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one Earth
1: you know, more immersed in, um, the different communities, like the writing community or the creative community. I started doing, going to like open mics and things like that. And then the more I went to like those and I would find out about something else. And then from that group, I would find out about something else. And, um, so the more you start to actually actively, go to things you can't just right. sit at home and say there's nothing to do because right you're not gonna be able to find it although now you can sit at home and find out there what <laughs> there is to do because of awesome sites like 517 living yeah. and things like that you can just yeah. go on your computer and see what's going on and there's a lot it's going to take a while to scroll through that calendar so
0: tell me about it my wife uh, last night was just telling me she's like why don't I f- find out about things going on until after it happened I'm like <laughs> You can just go to the calendar. There's, there's a bunch of things mm-hmm. on there.
1: Yeah, don't rely on your feed. Yeah, that. the yeah. algorithm will show you things <laughs> two days late. But go to the calendar, and you'll find stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one thing I found too about Lansing is that like for creators and for um, like artists and writers and. Whatever it is, um, anybody of artistic abilities, um, there's a, a pretty big community here in Lansing. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm part of the Artist Umbrella. Yeah. I, when I was researching your podcast, I obviously listened to Brandon's episode. Yeah. Brandon Naven, the executive director and founder of the Artist Umbrella. And I've kind of been on board with the organization almost from day one. Um, I performed at the first event and came on board with the team probably after the third or so event. Um, So almost since the very beginning and it was right around the time kind of that I discovered the Artist Umbrella. I had just discovered like the Rio Town Reading Series, um, the Poetry Room, um, and I know I'll probably forget to name things, but all the different organizations happening and then after getting plugged into the Artist Umbrella, it was like, whoa, there's so many creative people here. I mean, I won't dig into it too much because Brandon talked about it and he does an awesome job, but um, we put on a show every month and every month we're able to find talent to fill those shows. So that I think just that alone says a lot about just the amount of talent here that we can find. So, I mean, we have repeats obviously because Mm -hmm. um, there are really talented people here that People want to see, Um, right. But we're always able to find new talent almost every month. There's somebody new, so wow. That kind of speaks to.
0: That's it's. I think it's important to have a place like that. Like, I mean, no disrespect in this, like, in what I'm about to say, but like, there's a place for misfits, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing about like artists. Like, they mm-hmm. they a lot oftentimes feel like they're separate from a lot of people but it kind of gives them like a home in a community uh, to be around other people like-minded and people who mm-hmm. can support what they're doing. Right. Am I yeah, right? Yeah,
1: For sure. And yeah. And the artist umbrella definitely gives that. Um, yeah. Cause I think there's all kinds of artists too. I, that, you know, often don't get a place on stage even um, that we try to support and yeah. put out on this in the spotlight, like um, like, Well, me, for one, I mean, if you write fiction, you don't often think, you know, open mics are for singers and musicians and poets even, but um, just this space allowed me to get up and read my flash fiction, and because it's short, it kind of lends itself to that, but... Um, that's unusual in itself to have a fiction yeah. writer get up and read it, things like that. And painters, we have painters come up on stage and do I've seen video. painting. I've seen yeah. videos
0: of them. Like that's insane.
1: Yeah. And it's really it's really awesome. So you don't expect to see a painter up on a stage. Yeah. Um, so just giving that outlet. And then again, like you said, having the community where they can we can just be together and, yeah. and in a no in a judgment free zone. And, and bounce ideas off yeah. of each other
0: and whatnot. Yeah. Like, do you guys give like criticism, like positive criticism, like, "Hey, I I like that, but maybe you should try it this way." Is there any yeah. of that?
1: Um, probably in probably in this sp- in small clumps or conversations after yeah. the show. We're not gonna um critique anybody that <laughs> has been on, on the safe. stage <laughs> or anything like that. It's a, it's a we try to make it a very safe space, but obviously right. if there's something, um that needs work to make the show run more smoothly or something like that will we'll talk. But I'm sure there's pockets of people that have found kind of tribes within the artist umbrella that can bounce each other bounce ideas off of each other and give that kind of feedback. And if anybody were to come ask, I mean for sure we would offer what we could. Right,
0: right. Um now, when did you start writing? I Uh, when (laughs) when (laughs) I feel like it's something I mean, because you said your your what you write about is dark mm-hmm. most of the time, or like kind of not morbid, but how would you describe <laughs> it? How would you describe what the <laughs> the way you write and where it comes from?
1: Well, so I've been writing probably my whole life. Uh, my first story was written actually written down by my mom because I couldn't write yet, so I wow. just told her it and she wrote it. Down. How old were you? Uh, f- a five, four, five or something wow. like that, probably before I could write. Um, was it a good
0: story? I mean,
1: <laughs> it was more a narration of my day, I think. Oh, okay. It was like, my brother hit me, I played Barbies, <laughs> I'm going to sing a song, and then I literally made her write out Jingle Bells. <laughs> so you can, I have the paper, and it literally just says, wow. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. <laughs> I was like, oh, my poor mother. But, um, so, yeah, since, I mean, since I could form thoughts. I wanted to put them on paper. I actually have a little book I made in second grade. It was a story of some friends going to a haunted house and one gets so scared that she pees her pants and, <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> and runs out screaming and they all run out screaming. Um, so Did I actually have that my very first book. Wow, from second grade
0: <laughs> did now, did you ever get anybody, like any teachers concerned about that? Like, like, wow, she's a little dark.
1: <laughs> I don't think my stories from all of them were very dark. Um, I mean, that one was just they were in a haunted house. and <laughs> um, but I have other ones, like there was one about a talking frog and <laughs> uh, somebody that finds a uh, an egg and they it turns out to be a dinosaur egg and and actually, all my stuff in middle school was probably very middle school girl-oriented. It was right. about, you know, best friends. And right. I had a novel I was writing from eighth grade through high school that was just about two best friends that wanted to be actresses. So hmm. it hasn't always been... Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. One of them dies in the end, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hopefully, that's not, like, true. No, it is not true, <laughs> Luckily.
1: Uh, my best friend is still very much here, and I am super grateful for that. Um, so not autobiographical at all. Didn't even ever want to be an actress. Um, but I also really enjoyed Fear Street books. Um, R.L. Stein he wrote Goosebumps, too. Okay. But his older kind of teenage version of Goosebumps was Fear Street, um, and they were kind of horror books, um, horror style for teens. Um, my dad always watched horror movies when I was growing up and would kind of and liked to sit and kind of explain them. And so <laughs> I'm actually not afraid of horror movies to this day. And I kind of wow. blame him kind of because I <laughs> wish I were, but he like explained, Oh, that's ketchup. This is how they make the blood. This is how they do this. And wow. because he really liked to watch them. And so I think to be able to watch them when we were around, he yeah. had to kind of make sure we weren't going <laughs> to get scared, be up all night. So. <laughs> Um, so I don't, you don't, don't even don't get jumpy. <laughs> you don't even get I mean, jumpy I get ju- if somebody jumps, if something's loud, yeah. or you know, I jump, but um,
0: do you get a thrill out of it though?
1: Yeah, I, I seek out, like, I'm like, okay, I hope this one will be good. I hope this one will, <laughs> will creep me out a little bit because I do. I, you know, that's always fun to be scared. I know people, I guess I shouldn't say that, not always. People don't always like that. People avoid horror movies, but um, <laughs>
0: See, I've always found that horror movies, like actual horror movies, are never that scary. But, like, thrillers get me.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a little more what I'm drawn to To is a psychological yeah. thriller. Like when you have, like, a serial killer
0: or something. Yeah. like, And then, yeah, it's just, like, all of a sudden they'll come out of nowhere. Like, and you know they're there and you're mm-hmm. just waiting for that moment. Yeah. That's or, what gets yeah. me.
1: Or the ones that could actually happen. Like, Scream is probably, it's a cheesy movie but it's probably <laughs> scarier in some sense than a lot of them because that's a little more likely to happen yeah, you could have yeah. some psychopath that's like doing that it's a yeah. little more likely than like a poltergeist or i guess that's debatable depending on what you believe but or like <laughs> uh chucky or right, it right or something like that yeah scream to me is scarier it, than those because obviously it's probably not going to happen. But
0: so are you like one of the Halloween like celebrators? Like do you like do you like Halloween a lot?
1: I do really like Halloween. I don't always probably celebrate it. Like I would want to. It's also right around my birthday. So mm my birthday and Halloween have also always merged pretty typically had duo celebrations. Uh, like we used to go to haunted houses a lot when I was, well, there you go here. Now we're getting into maybe where <laughs> my horror fascination <laughs> comes from. My birthday is always, i always wanted to go to a haunted house and wow. Um, my friends always got really scared and I was the one like dragging everybody <laughs> through. Go. I'm like, come on, we can do this. <laughs> we can get through this guy who probably is also just the, Works in the neighborhood (laughs) and has a chainsaw. We're fine. He's not actually going to murder you right now.
0: It's kind of funny because if you go in there, like knowing that, okay, these people are just workers and they're, they're not going to do anything to you. They're just going to try to scare Mm -hmm. you. Like you, you could really could talk yourself into not being scared.
1: Yeah. Like I think
0: now for the most part, I mean, at least I've only been to Jackson Underworld. And like mm. walking through that one, it's like, okay, this, it's not that scary for <laughs> yeah. me.
1: Yeah. And I think probably because I've always <clears> been a writer and always been, you know, interested in the behind the story or behind the person's story, it's always been, you know, more clear to me that this is just a person, right? And this is just made up and <laughs> I make up stuff like this all the time. So, um, yeah, so long, yeah. Get my inspiration or I got my inspiration from probably Fear Street um books. Also, I guess um the flash fiction part of it. Um I was just thinking about this not that long ago and um listening to some nineties country music. Mm, like what like,
0: like Shania Twain or like girl music <laughs> or like 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 gr- guy country singers. Well, it was
1: like a mi- it was a mix, it was like okay. a nineties playlist on Spotify but um plug plug um (laughs) (laughs) we I I don't know I just turned it on but I was realizing a couple years ago actually that 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 kind of music probably inspired a lot of what I write I really liked the songs that like told a story Mm. like Fancy um by Reba McIntyre um I mean the nights like the night the lights went out in Georgia by Reba McIntyre um when the Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks, like those told yeah. huge stories yeah. in like the span of like four minutes. Yeah. So I when I was always fascinated by those and I would listen to them and some of my favorites were the ones that, that told the story, not just were like, hey, you know, I like you or right. hey, so-and-so broke up with me and now I'm sad. Like those were nice and, you know, I like a lot of those too, but the ones that really like stick with you are the ones that really tell... But-
0: it's funny looking at you. I, I wouldn't guess that you uh, listen to country, country music. <laughs> but then you tell me you're from Stockbridge. It's a small town. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So did you grow up listening to country?
1: Yeah. I mean, I listened to other stuff too, but I would say I listened to country. Most of my friends yeah. or a lot of my friends listen to country and I don't think my family really listened to it, but <laughs> I listened to it and yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that would have been when I was listening to songs like that was, you know, in middle school and right um, through high school and things like that. And just that era, the nineties. It's it such was, a good era. Yeah, it really was. I'm going through the playlist. I'm just like, Oh, that's such a good song. Oh that's another <laughs> Oh man. I just really want to. And when the windows, you know, that's when my Stockbridge roots come out, I guess when the weather gets nice <laughs> and the windows go down, oh, it's yeah. the nineties playlist, nineties country that comes <laughs> out and I just crank it out. And I've had country, I don't listen to it as much anymore but i've had country on the radio and taken my car and like get fixed in lansing and they're like <laughs> i don't know, hear this around here very often <laughs> like, all right
0: especially the old country right because like mm-hmm. new country i mean is even on the pop stations like yeah. florida georgia, georgia line and some of the other ones but yeah. um some of the old country like reba and uh, garth brooks i guess garth brooks is kind of on the radio he's kind of made a like a, a turn like in today's music he's touring and everything mm-hmm. he's pretty big still but yeah there's some there's some other one. there's a actually i was just, just at a concert um just recently who was it it was um it was lone star and oh what was the other one i don't remember the other one but the other one was so good i can't remember his name <laughs> anyways the concert was amazing and i, I was, i've never heard him mm. before And I, the first time i seen him was on stage at the Soren eagle and i'm like wow this how do i not know this mm-hmm. this is this guy is amazing um i don't remember where i was going with that now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he put on a great show he was like up on up on the stage dancing around mm. the whole show it was amazing
1: yeah i yeah. wish i could remember who it was yeah i went and saw garth in concert and that's uh. probably one of the best concerts i mean that's probably the best concert i've ever seen he was dancing i mean not dancing but running around on stage the whole time and it was his second concert of the night it was his second show and you could just tell that he loved what he does and wants to put on a good show for the people you know yeah and doesn't want it to look like it's his second show and doesn't want to give the second people like less of a show than the first people got. And you can just tell. And I think that's what made it so good. You could just tell that he yeah. was passionate about it. And that's um,
0: what makes you have respect for an artist too, is like when they put their passion into what they love. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, cause he could easily put everything he had into the first show and then, and then the second yeah. show just be like, oh, I'm just making money now. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, he wanted to put on a performance. Yeah. Yeah. I love that about artists. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I don't remember. What I was going to ask. Oh how, uh, Super off track there. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> country were s- music. <laughs> so that's that's kind of where you get your uh, flash flash um, writing from, right? Is the country music how they told stories, and then you kind of implemented it into your story uh, into your stories.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that was kind of a subconscious thing because I loved those so much. Um, I got into flash fiction. Um, kind of, I'd been writing for a long time or trying to write for a long time. And, you know, I always just thought if you're a writer, you write a novel, that's what you do. Right. You know, I want to do this. So obviously I need to write a novel, get it published, have it on books, shelves, yeah. you know, growing up, that was, that was the thing. Um, and the industry, you know, started to shift and has shifted so much since then um, that all these doors kind of started opening up and it wasn't the same path. It wasn't just that traditional path. And kind of along when the industry was shifting, I discovered events. Um, when I knew there was an event, I would forget, um, so I'm glad it came up here. Like, Fiction 440 um, is an event here in Lansing um, where you they give you three words. At, like, one event, they'll give you three words, and then you write a story in 440 words or less using those three words. Wow. And then you can read it at the next event.
0: How many times can you use those three words? As many times as, as you many, want? As many, yeah. Is uh, that the, pl- well, is that, mean, is that the purpose?
1: Don't really write the whole story. like just out <laughs> with those words. But yeah. Right. <laughs> the, yeah, and the words, it's meant to make it a bit of a challenge, but also give you kind of somewhere to start. Can
0: you give me an example of like three words that you would be given?
1: Oh, gosh. Are I they mean, like, anything really. Like you could just look around the room, like guitar, camera, map, like uh,
0: okay. They would just
1: give you three words and you would have to put those into the story. Like they don't have to start the story. Okay. Um, but they have to be in there somewhere. Right. And so I started going to that and started having fun with that. And then I also discovered some contests online that were like flash fiction or short story contests um, where they did something similar. They gave they gave you some prompts. so they gave you a genre, a location, and an object. That would have to be in the story. Um, And then you got that at, you know, like Friday night at midnight. And then you had 48 hours to write the story. Oh, wow. Using those prompts within that super tight deadline. And because it was either flash or short story, there was a word limit. So between all of these things, discovering super short fiction, realizing I didn't have to write a novel length story in order to have something good. Mm Mm-hmm having prompts from these words or these um, subjects that they were giving you kind of helped get started because when you have, you know, the whole wide world of things to choose from to write about, you know, it's really hard to start, at least for me. Yeah, Um, Some people I envy just have ideas (laughs) all the time and all the time. And people kind of, I think, think that about me, but... I just, I really yeah. like prompts. Yeah, like, you're
0: always posting on social media, like, <laughs> like I'm like writing, I'm writing, or I don't know. Like, yeah,
1: but it, I mean, it takes work and it, it takes, it's not just, and it's a lot of the times it's because, an and now it's almost like an exercise, it's a muscle that I've exercised, so it's a little easier, but to get me going again, when I was really stuck, prompts really helped. The deadline of the 48 hours of those contests really helped. I'm really much better under pressure than when I have all the time in the world. <laughs> so when I had all the time in the world to like just write a novel, like that yeah. didn't happen. Right. <laughs> so, right. But when I started having the deadlines of, you know, Fiction 440, there's a couple months between events, so you had time and I would usually write it in the two days before anyway. <laughs> um but these contests were 48 hours and so and really most of the stories in my book books um here um, are stories from either Fiction 440 or that I wrote for wow. the contest or after I started doing those more often and realized that I really liked Flash Fiction, I started kind of just doing my own. I would just put on my own writing weekends. Oh, and where do you ask, do that at? Just online. Oh, um, okay. Just ask anybody that wants to participate. Um, I would just give the prompts to make it harder for myself. I would have somebody else just pick three words and tell mm. them to me, and I would just post it and say, okay, whoever is participating, we're going to write a story in.
0: Now, do the words have to be, like, nouns or verbs? It doesn't matter.
1: No, nope, really doesn't matter. Wow. I mean, I think they try not to do, like, proper nouns. Yeah, like people, right. Um, Just to keep it a little more varied. If you pick a person, you're obviously going to have much more specific things to write about, but, like, a doctor or doctor could right. be a word. Okay, but like, okay.
0: But it couldn't be, like, does it have to be a word that describes something?
1: I mean it could be frankly whatever word. I don't know. <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> Just any word. Just I, yeah. Word. I mean, if they've been doing fiction four forty for a very long time, so they've had to come up with some <laughs> some words. So I can't of course think of any off the top of yeah. my head. If I took a second I could probably find the next event and see what the words were, but um yeah, so between like all of those things, that's kind of where my books came from basically. Um, and then what got me unstuck and it's now kind of the formula that I use. My headphones keep slipping off my head, so sorry. Oh, you're good.
0: <laughs> I can
1: feel them just like making their way back. Um. And so that really helped me get writing when I was stuck, for one. And then also realized with the changing industry and everything shifting in the way that it was, that I could publish whatever I wanted. <laughs> yeah. It didn't have to be a novel. Um, yeah it didn't even have to be short stories, which is, if you're going to publish a collection, you know, short stories are typically, were typically the more accepted form, which short stories tend to be anywhere from like 2,000 to 10,000 words. Okay. Um, And then, and so then knowing that, knowing I had like with all the different ways to publish and do self-publishing, knowing I could publish whatever I wanted and realizing i was beating myself up and saying you know i want to publish a book but i can't write a book Mm. and then looking at all that i had i was like i have a book (laughs) like (laughs) i have all these stories that are just sitting here that aren't doing it that i like that other people like like i got really good feedback when i would read them at fiction 440 and submit them for these contests um so i had all this material and i was like i can i can publish these like i don't have to wait Right. or a publisher to tell me that they're good or that whatever. they're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I mean,
0: cause I mean, I I'm mean, sure, I'm sure they'll be more critical and that way, like of the yeah. stories that are going into it. And then that way you yeah. can publish whatever you want. Yeah, You don't have and to yeah. worry about somebody else.
1: And frankly, there's things probably about this that, you know, traditional, traditional publishers probably aren't looking for flash fiction. They're not looking for, you know, super short stories like this, at least at the moment. Um, They like you to stay within one genre. That was another thing that I really liked about what I decided to do is that I could write in whatever genre I wanted. And the contest actually helped me realize I liked writing all over the map because they would give you a genre. So the first time I ever wrote a sci-fi story was for one of those contests. And I had never had any desire to write a sci-fi story, but I had to try it. And it was a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) And yeah, how hard is it to <laughs> make it as a, as a writer, to as an make author? To make
1: it as a writer?
0: <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, like you said that there's not like a huge market for this, for flash fiction. What is the market like for that?
1: I think it's growing. Okay. Um, and I think it's just about, I think right now, to make it, which I guess, depending on how you define make it, could be different. Like, to make a like a Like a, like sustainable, a, a sustainable living. living. Yeah it's marketing. You have to be really good at marketing and the marketing side of it and understand marketing probably more than the average person. Um, I'm lucky in that uh, my partner, Jesse, actually runs a local web company and he digs into the marketing side of things and funnels and sales funnels and things like that. And he is learning those things inside out. I've worked in marketing um as a writer for a while so we both kind of have a behind the scenes knowledge of that um I'm not making my living as a writer right now so (laughs) obviously like even having the knowledge that we do yeah and is still a challenge it is harder um to market books like I have I think than probably a traditional novel because people aren't used to it they're not they don't really know what it is um but once people hear me give my pitch, a lot of the times they're very interested. I, you know, I tell them it's super short fiction all less or around a thousand words collection of stories, or you can read each story in five minutes or less. So perfect for people that like to read, but don't always have the time.
0: That's perfect for me. And people that, with that's, shorter why, that's, why, <laughs> that's why I bought it because like <laughs> the thing is like, I, I work a lot and um, mm-hmm. I'm tired at the end of the day. And typically yep. like when I would read would be like when I'm going to bed Yep. and when I, when I start reading I just like start falling asleep and so like something <laughs> yeah. like that it's perfect for me
1: yeah you can <laughs> read it you know and not have to worry about remembering what you read the next night, trying to Mm. like go back because you could finish a whole story before you doze off. Yeah. Um, you can read it in line in you know, car line waiting to pick up your kids. You can read it in line at the grocery store. I feel like you're telling
0: me there's no excuse for me not reading this. Pretty much. (laughs) I mean, I didn't say it, but
1: I mean, you could pick up a story and in the time I did my pitch or went on one of my rants, you probably could have read a whole story just sitting here. (laughs) Yeah. He could, you know, your, your friend, your sound guy here could be reading my stories right now and he would probably be through the whole book by the time we're done talking. Probably. <laughs> so no excuses. Um, And so once I give that spiel, like people are interested, but it's just not something they're used to seeing. Um, yeah. But more, you know, the more I watch the market and watch Amazon and things like that, like there are more and more flash story collections coming out. Mm. There's writers doing workshops on how to write flash fiction. um, And there's a lot of stuff like that coming out more and more. So it definitely is picking up in momentum. um, But it's just about making it. I think it's just about finding your niche, getting really good at it, Mm -hmm. being really passionate about it, having the time and energy to put in a ton of marketing um, I was going to swear. I don't know if I'm allowed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a Say shit ton of marketing <laughs> um, and just really, really be able to just go hard at that, mm-hmm. go hard at YouTube, go hard at Instagram, go hard at TikTok. Uh, I was going to
0: suggest that. something. Um, I think you should start a flash fiction podcast.
1: And I've thought about that. I will probably actually start reading or putting up stories on YouTube. Okay. Um, I'll probably do much Actually, a lot like you do mm. read, record video, put the video up on YouTube, but yeah. put the, the audio up on um, a podcast. OK, um, so I have a lot of plans. I have um, I've actually written a novel since then, since, but, you know, flash fiction has helped help me get going again and get um, the creative energies flowing I always have to pause because I like the phrase creative energies rather than creative juices. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I always have to stop myself and it gets the creative energies going. Um, and actually, since then, I've kind of switched gears. Um, and well, I wrote a novel over the pandemic um, and switched ca- gears to kind of helping other people get writing again. Mm. So I also discovered yoga. Um, and I got my yoga certification over the pandemic. Um, so what kind of online. yoga do you do? Uh, mostly vinyasa. I don't know if okay. that means anything <laughs> to you or to the listeners. Yeah, I do yoga all the time. Um, oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So mostly vinyasa, um, actually only vinyasa at the moment. Um, and so I teach at the Micah art gallery downtown okay. or in old town, um, every Tuesday. So it's art surrounded by yoga. Or (laughs) yoga surrounded by art. (laughs) Um, Even as a writer, words are hard. Um, And so I'm kind of switching gears. I also have started a brand called Creative Warrior to kind of help other creatives. And creatives can be anyone like you would be considered a creative putting on your podcast. Mm. It's not just people who write or do art or write music or anything like that. Um, Entrepreneurs need to be creative, Um, you know, teachers
0: right
2: um
1: uh parents moms stay-at-home moms need to be creative like everybody needs to be creative but creativity doesn't just come to you it doesn't it's like what, what I was saying earlier it takes practice it takes discipline it takes yeah. tools like deadlines prompts uh word parameters and things like that right. to help to help you be creative so creative warrior helps Creators fight for their creativity mm. through things like yoga, writing exercises, and this and is an
0: event that you put on.
1: This is a brand, a brand. So okay. I have I've started. I have the Facebook page up. I have a Creative Warriors um, group in Facebook, on Facebook, um, and the ultimate goal is to, and we're in the process of building it right now, is to start a membership community. Mm. Um, so a site where you can go and get these tools you can get yoga flows you can get okay. um I'll probably do writing challenges with prompts and you know write a story in 48 hours situation um we'll read creativity books together like do like book clubs and things like that but okay basically the idea is that also community is a is an important part like we already talked about mm-hmm. um of being creative and in the creative warrior community you can have that you can be around other like-minded people it'll be all online obviously but um right. you'll still have that ability to communicate with others if you're stuck go online and talk to other people that are also stuck or that were stuck and are no longer stuck anymore and um the idea is just to help people get unstuck because I was <laughs> stuck for a long time before I discovered flash fiction I was beating myself up for not writing and uh, um, creators who aren't creating it doesn't feel good <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely get that because it's the same way for me. Like if I don't do a podcast and even like I, I think I might have talked to you before about writing a book. Like I've i wanted to write a book mm. um, like about my life and whatnot. And then that's why I started the podcast because I'm like, I don't have time to write. <laughs> I'm so busy, like so busy, mm-hmm. Um, but not like the podcast helps with that at all. But, you I know, say, I mean,
1: <laughs> you could have been writing in the time that you yeah. podcast. From. Yeah, no,
0: definitely could. <laughs> Um, but I feel like this is more fun for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely would like to write a like a uh an autobiography, biography. Mm-hmm. Can't talk. Um Where was I going with that? I don't remember now. <laughs> well, the Um but like my, my question was, mm-hmm. um when when you are stuck, um what kind of things other than like yoga do you do? Do you like like go for a jog, do you, like do some like extensive exercise to like get some blood flowing. Like mm-hmm. what do you do?
1: Yeah. So I think I wrote a blog post about this a while ago and I have to repost it, but, or bring it to the forefront. Um, I mean, yoga is a big part of it. I have always said that, um, cause I really just discovered yoga in the last five years or so. And kind of said that the, Years I've been doing yoga have been the most creatively productive years mm. that I've ever had. So, I mean, the two have to be correlated. There's got to be some correlation. And the more I learned about yoga um, and how it and then not just the physical part of it, well, the physical part of it, but the energetic part of it as well um, and how it relates. We actually have energy centers called chakras mm-hmm. and there's actually one specifically that's kind of also known as the creative chakra your sacral chakra um is kind of your center of creativity and yoga and doing the right kind of yoga flows and the right poses can actually stimulate that and Mm -hmm. can stimulate creativity and then your communication your throat chakra kind of centers on uh communication and your ability to express yourself so when either of those are blocked you can feel blocked creatively what poses
0: help with that um, Maybe I should start doing that before a podcast. <laughs> the
1: throat chakra is a fun one. Um, there's something called lion's breath that I'm not going to do it because it sounds <laughs> awful in the microphone right now. Um, you basically, you can do it from your hands and knees. So on like tabletop and you basically like stick your tongue out and take a really deep breath in and just exhale. Like I'm going to move away from the microphone and <laughs>
0: Okay. Like just like release everything, release
1: everything, but stick your tongue out. So you look absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it really, it stimulates the throat chakra. Um, and I can't think of any for that one anymore. Oh, fish pose is another one that I can't really even describe. Um, you lay on your back and kind of really stretch your neck, put the top of your head on the ground. And, um, I'm not going to, if you go on my web find me on creative warrior. Like all of these, I have these one place or another (laughs) that you can actually see or just Google fish pose. You'll find it. Um, and then for the creative chakra, the, it's actually kind of right behind our belly buttons. Um, anything that opens the hips. So hip opening, um, poses will help that and i just personally really like and it does stretch the hips the warrior poses Mm. uh, warrior one and warrior two they just i feel like they help you feel really strong and really powerful and when you feel like that it's going to be a lot harder to kind of feel stuck or sorry for yourself or blah you know so just getting up and so getting up and moving um definitely definitely helps so i will if i'm stuck get up and move for one honestly i do Things that aren't related to writing, um, while reading, which is related, but so I'll, I'll read. Reading something else, probably not necessarily related to what you're writing, mm. can help just get your brain moving. Um, a walk, again, which is physical, but just getting out of the house, fresh air, things like that. Um,
0: I know you said that um, working from you work from home, mm-hmm. so like. I feel like as far as creativity, that would kind of like stifle it a little bit, right? Like,
1: yeah. So going to work in a coffee shop (laughs) actually (laughs) is probably as one thing that I do. Um, if I'm feeling stuck, um, just getting out of the house and working somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, anything, sorry, anything that kind of, you don't have to think about, pardon me, doing the dishes, Mm -hmm. um, doing laundry, things like that. So actually when I'm writing these stories for these contests, I'll do an initial brain dump kind of after. Well, you, actually, a lot of time you get the prompt at midnight. So I'll read the prompt and then just go to sleep. I don't even start writing till the morning. That night, I just sleep on it. And then in the morning, I'll kind of do like a big brain dump of anything that I've thought of that has to do with the prompt. Um, and then I walk away and I put it down and I go take a walk or I do the dishes or do all the things you have to do because they're usually over weekends. So do all the things you also have to do on the weekends. Um, and then come back to it. Um, and so kind of writing in bursts and then come and maybe just write out a first draft, like just let it go and write you don't, out a,
0: and you don't lose your, like where you're going with it or like not your u- ideas.
1: Not usually after the first brain dump. Cause after the first brain dump, it's just kind of a brain dump. It's not anything <laughs> cohesive. And so it's not like waiting for the next thing to get added or anything like that. And I probably, and I wouldn't if I was at a point where like I would need to remember the next thing or one mm-hmm. thing was leading to another, I probably wouldn't stop. It's, it's when I hit that stopping point that I'm like, okay, I really can't think of what should come next here. I'm not going to sit at my desk and kind of, and just beat myself up.
0: Right. Cause at that point you're probably not really that creative, mm-hmm. right?
1: Then uh, that's when I'll get up and do something else. Um, So it's kind of a fine line because there is. I do believe discipline is really important and like button seat mm-hmm. um, is really important. It's not just gonna, if you just sit and write whenever you feel like sitting and writing, Yeah, it's not always going to happen. Right. Um,
0: that's what I was going to ask you. Do you have like set times where you like specifically write like, okay, like during this time and this time that's when I'm writing.
1: I try to, <laughs> I'm not perfect <laughs> at it, but when I have, when I'm actively working on something, yes. When I want to get something finished Yes. Um, right now my focus is kind of more on the creative warrior and the creative warrior community. So mm. I've not been writing, actively writing stories as much as, as I want. Um, but when I am writing, uh, yeah, I try to either have a couple hours in the evening. Morning actually is best. I've kind of shifted my work schedule so that I have a little extra time in the morning um, to do something for me whether it's working on a story or writing or working on the creative warrior community Mm. um so morning is kind of my time to do whatever I want okay at least
0: um now now with the creative warrior thing um are you going to do any like live um yoga classes or anything like that
1: I'll probably do I feel like that's a good idea yeah good move (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you're not asking you're suggesting <laughs> i'm suggest. i would do it a live yoga yeah i would do it <clears throat> so i've done i've i've done some zoom classes um i was doing kind of my tuesday night class on zoom when um covid cases went back up i moved to zoom um i'll probably do i'm gonna record and do a lot more uh videos on youtube so prompt and prompts paired with a yoga flow. Okay. So I'll probably record a video and give a prompt and then walk through the a quick little yoga flow and say, you know, here's your prompt, let's do some yoga and then you can go create. Mm -hmm. So I'll have a whole series of those kind of videos um, for people in that community. Those might be on YouTube. um, So open to people outside of the community as well. But um, yeah, live is a good idea um, and I'm not opposed to it. Probably like in live creating sessions too. Yeah. Um, where you just kind of get on camera and sit. I did a lot of those during the pandemic and okay. people really responded well. We had like morning sessions where before people started their work day, we all just logged on to Zoom or messenger calls mm-hmm. or whatever we had at our disposal. Um, and just created together. We just either left our cameras on or off, whatever you wanted to do, muted ourselves. So we weren't talking to each other. We just kind of, we were just, we just (laughs) knew everybody was there. (laughs) Yeah. And you could leave your camera on, but, or your mic on if you wanted, but, um, and talk and come on and, you know, Hey, ask a question or things like that. And so that was really helpful. So just the power of community, I think is really important and a big reason why I want to make this, create this community um
0: that's what I think is cool um that you're kind of like your yoga is inspired by writing like I love that you're using it to inspire mm -hmm. that that demographic of people it's kind of cool
1: yeah yeah and when I found out you know I started yoga and I was like oh great because I've never been like a big workout person i struggled to find like workouts (laughs) that I liked and I was like
0: you don't like lifting weights oh no
1: I didn't even like I don't People like my family thinks it's hilarious that I do like that. I'm so into yoga now. And even (laughs) since I've been into yoga, I've gotten more into just working out in general. Um, And, you know, the more I've learned about living a healthy lifestyle, the more I'm like, okay, you know, being active and things Mm -hmm. like that. But um, I was on a segment called workout Wednesday on WILX. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, my, my brother, my mom thought this was hilarious. Like me (laughs) as a kid, you would never imagine that I would be on a segment called workout. Oh, that's or work hilarious. it out, no, workout Wednesday. That's um, funny. Yeah, so you can find that on my. It's also I posted it on. Um, where did I post it? I think the Creative Warrior. Yeah, the Creative Warrior Facebook page. I posted the the segment on there. Um. So yeah, sorry you asked me. Oh yeah,
0: um, I asked. I said you're not into lifting weights or anything. Oh like right, that. right.
1: And then connecting yoga with writing. So then it was I discovered yoga, and it was a nice way to just be active and work out more. Yeah. But then, when I really discovered, I discovered more about how it can help with creativity and the chakras and just now. Aside, in general.
0: aside from like the creativity side of it and doing it for like writing and all that, um, do you find yoga to be like, like, like create mental clarity? Um, does it help you like, like, with the maybe depression or anxiety or anything like that? Because I find that like when I'm doing yoga, especially like at the end of a like a hard yoga session. Um, doing like the meditation part of the helps me tremendously, especially like, cause I'll do like a, I'll do a workout and then I'll do like a yoga session mm-hmm. and then the meditation session afterwards is like, okay. And then sometimes I can like kind of drift off into like this, this, this place where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm just like non-existent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really powerful for all of that. It's really like when I was taking my certification, um, just learning more about, you know, the connection between yoga and also meditation and what it can do, what meditation can do for your brain and how scientifically like meditation can actually like rewire your brain. Um, and just the principles of yoga, um, are really powerful and just the mindset that we're all connected. And my, the, the, instructor that kind of led my training would always say, and I don't know if she made this up or it was, so, she got it somewhere else either. She would always just say, we're all divine beings having a human experience. Mm. So I think just the principles of yoga and remembering that, and you know, yoga also means yoke and unite and unite. That's a really weird way of saying unite. Um, <laughs> uh unity and all of that like so all those principles I think are really helpful like am I a perfect yogi no do I ever get you know do I still get frustrated and mad and upset yes but like the days when I'm doing yoga or the weeks where I'm doing yoga more consistently do I always do it every day no like yeah but also like having yoga and if you know enough about the principles of yoga um you can forgive yourself for those things you don't have to be perfect you don't have to be you know you can always come back to it it's not like oh i you know i haven't done it for a week now i guess i'm just not a yoga person (laughs) so i'm not gonna do it anymore i have to give up on myself you know you it kind of shifts your mindset in that you know that you can always come back to it yeah and the and it doesn't you know have to be complicated i think a lot of people just see yoga as the as the poses Mm -hmm. um Really, it's the breath. Like, it comes back to that unite thing. It's uniting the body and the mind through the breath. So, if you're conscious of your breath, if you're sitting in a seat somewhere and you're conscious of your breath and you're using your breath to kind of center yourself, you're doing yoga. So, I think a lot of people think, "Oh, I can't do yoga, or it can't help me because I can't move like that, or I can't get Mm -hmm. into those poses, or," um, and it doesn't. You can start wherever you can start.
0: I just recently turned my dad, um, who is not physically fit whatsoever and has never worked out like Mm -hmm. pretty much a day in his life, uh, except for when he maybe was younger. But um, I just recently turned him on to yoga. And he's like, it's helped me tremendously, like with flexibility, because he was having like back problems. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you need to like stretch, like you need to like be active. And I I think yoga is like a good fundamental, fundamental way to get into shape. Mm -hmm. not just not just not to like build muscle or anything but you're gonna make those um you're gonna build those small the small muscles and like the things that like matter for movement and Mm -hmm. and whatnot right
1: yeah yeah it all yeah it's it's really powerful it's really it's a full (laughs) body workout it's It's hard when it needs to be, but it's super, it can be super hard, (laughs) but it also doesn't have to be. So it can, it can be whatever you need it to be, which I think is what's really cool about it.
0: What's really cool is you can do like a hard, you can do a hard version and then you can like, you can make it easier. Like the, Mm -hmm. you can make that pose, oops, that pose Mm -hmm. easier.
1: Yeah. 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 It's a, and it's also a really great tool for a lot of other things. Um, One reason I kept with it, like after I disc, so I discovered that it was good for creativity. But then I also discovered um, that it was actually a really powerful tool for addiction. Mm. Um, and um, my my dad actually passed away. He was an alcoholic um, and passed away from complications from alcoholism mm. when I was fifteen. And um, yoga, when I realized that yoga can actually help, and there's a very specific kind of yoga called ashtanga that actually works can help addicts stay sober um and can How really so? I think it's it's because of and I haven't it's my goal to study it more and learn more about it down the road um but I think because ashtanga is a pretty um vinyasa you can kind of work your flows however you want you can move from warrior 2 and move through the different poses mm-hmm. ashtanga has a set set of poses Um, that you go from this one to this one to this one. It's the same every time. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a little more disciplined. It's a little more, um, you can get, in vinyasa, you can get a little more flowy. You can kind of move, but vinyasa is very, you know, more about posture. And I think, I think that helps. So you're very focused on the movement and it gives you something to work toward and, when so how know. does that keep
0: you from wanting to drink <laughs> <laughs> or addiction? Anyways, yeah, yeah, Any and I can't,
1: I can't speak to that personally because you know, not having had a, struggled with addiction myself. Um, what do you struggle with? We don't know,
0: unless you don't want to talk about it.
1: No, I mean, I'm just saying, I've, I have someone oh, in right. my life who struggled from addiction. Right. Sorry. Luckily, I um, have not had that struggle. Um, just as an outsider looking in. Um, so I'm not exactly sure like how it helps specifically. I just know, and I think um, it can help. It can just develop discipline. So yeah. and when you learn how to work through an uncomfortable pose or an uncomfortable moment mm-hmm. using your breath, you can then take those tools out into the world and say, okay, this is an uncomfortable moment, but I know that I can just breathe through it. I know that I have, the, I had the discipline this morning in class to stick to this pose, even though, it was uncomfortable and it hurt Mm. or it shouldn't hurt. And it was (laughs) uncomfortable. Um, Well, it might hurt. It
0: might hurt to have to be able to go through that process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So emotionally it might hurt. Yes. The physical poses should never actually hurt. And if they hurt, you're doing it wrong. You should move out of it (laughs) a little bit and ease up. But um, so if you have that discipline, then you, you, you know, it's easier to go off the mat and have that discipline in real life. Um, And I cannot, you know, I don't want to put words in, the mouth of someone struggling with addiction. So I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but yeah. And I think yoga um, also just really helps with self-worth and seeing, you know, seeing that you are worthy. It just helps with mindset and all those um, mindset and self-esteem and really getting you into, into that mindset of, you know, we are all human we're all divine beings having a human experience. We're all having the same human experience. Mm-hmm. We're all struggling. Um, but we're all also worth, worth being here. It's, we're worthy of being here. Um, and so I think just from, again, my outside experience watching it, um, that's one theory I had the, about my dad. I think he always wanted to get better quote unquote, for other people. I have, I actually have his journals um, from rehab. He was also a writer, a songwriter, a musician. That's where you get it from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which, surprised it didn't come up earlier, but um, <laughs> he, so I have all his words and he often said that he wanted to get better, you know, for his parents. He wanted to prove he could do it. He wanted to get ready for his, or better for his wife and his kids but I never once saw him say he wanted to get better for himself right. because he thought he was worthy of getting better or worthy of, you know, being in this life or however you want to say that. Right. Um,
0: Did he have childhood trauma? that he yeah, had?
1: yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of that um, and a lot of that in the, uh, in his journals and all of that. Um, and so I think, you know, obviously, not getting too psychological here he used the alcohol to kind of you know work through that but then also and to make sure he it was you know his father was not a nice man and he probably wanted to be very unlike his father but you know as the circle of life goes yeah (laughs) kind of um ended up just circling back um you know generational trauma will, will do that so yeah absolutely um but that's so that's one way I think that yoga can help as well. And that is one of my goals in the in the long run is to use yoga to help um those struggling with addiction, whether it's through the actual physical poses mm-hmm. or through the mindset or right. aspect of it, or even, you know, using yoga and creativity to help give those with addiction, you know, a place to channel that. Right. Um I also have experimented and want to get into more using fiction and short fiction to work through personal trauma. I actually started, once I discovered flash fiction, it kind of spiraled into, And um, when I started reading locally and seeing others read and share their such personal stories, I had never really written that much about my dad, but it kind of inspired me seeing everyone else being willing to share such deep personal stories. Mm -hmm. So because I had the tools through flash fiction, um, it actually gave me, you know, the strength and the tools I needed to start writing about him and my experience with that. So I actually have a a pretty decent collection of stories now that I read publicly about him and about my thoughts and feelings about our, you know, our situation. And, um, And I was going somewhere else with that. (laughs) um so and so so that helped me kind of work through my feelings um about him and you know feelings I hadn't addressed at all um until you know 20 years after he had passed Uh um and it just helped me really kind of let some things go and so I feel like writing or any sort of creative tool but for me personally writing um can be really powerful and help others do that there's a I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it can help others kind of just face what they might have been afraid to face.
0: I I agree with you on so many d- different things. For one, mm-hmm. the one thing I do agree with, um, the first thing is uh, working out. Like working out for me has helped. Has helped. Like I don't have really have any addiction problems problems except mm-hmm. for maybe to food. <laughs> I love don't food. We all. <laughs> but like one thing I realized that when I'm working out, like like ex- like extreme workouts, like mm-hmm. I'm not focused on eating bad food. Like I, it's, Mm -hmm. it creates like a sense of discipline, like you had said, and it Mm -hmm. creates like the sense of focus. Like I'm now focused on one thing and that that's Mm -hmm. just to be healthy. Um, so I, I get that like, as far as like how that might help somebody with addiction, because like Mm -hmm. if they then focus that energy, put that energy and focus on something else, Mm -hmm. then they realize that, okay, that's my goal. I I don't want to fall back on Mm that. Um, and then also with the, uh, you writing your story, you writing to tell your story. Um, that's one thing I, I realized too with the podcast, like for me is like, I have a pretty traumatic past. Um, but, and I, and I started the podcast by telling my story. Mm. Um, but by having other people on other people that, you know, have gone through some of the same things, like Mm. I've been able to sit here and talk about it. And, Mm. Honestly, like it, my past does not affect me whatsoever anymore. Like it, it used to get to the mm-hmm. point like where I would be in the middle of a workout and I would think about something like my adoptive mom said, like one thing she told me all the time was you're never going to amount to anything. Mm. So that'd be something that would play over and over and over in my head. So I'd be like in the middle of a workout, be like, Oh, mm-hmm. I never want to amount to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I don't know. But not, <laughs> but uh, you know, that would play in my head mm-hmm. and there'd be motivation. But now it's like, I think about that and it, it doesn't affect me. And by doing the podcast and talking to other people who have experienced some of the same things. It's, it's helped me tremendously. So I get how that would help you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just reading and every time I, every time I read my stories um, the personal ones out in public, you know, there's always someone in the audience that says, you know, Oh my gosh, you know, thank you for reading that. You could have been, you could have been reading about my experience or, Mm my mom was an alcoholic or my dad, you know, I also lost my, this uh, person, um, you know, you put into words what I didn't know, you know, how to express. Cause it, it, it brings up a lot of complicated feelings. Like, yeah. you don't know how you feel about this person. You know, obviously you love them, but a lot is happening. Um, so just to be able to, to put that out there and know that other people relate is. Is powerful. Yeah. And so for you to, you know, share your story to kick things off is, is a really awesome thing to do because then people can feel like they can come on and also share their story. Yeah. Um, and so I think it all, and it all comes back to community and like, I never would have felt brave enough to read my story if I hadn't gone to open mics in the area and saw others reading their stories. Right. Um, I had never considered, you know, writing something about my dad and actually getting up and reading it in front of people um and then you know I went to the first couple and just read fiction which was fun and I still you know enjoy getting up and reading my fiction every now and then um but I think what really resonates and has the most impact is getting up and reading the personal stories and and it's all about you know it's all about connection and community and when when one of us is open and honest everybody else can feel you know open and honest and yeah able to able to do the same thing and then when we're all able to be open and honest you know who knows what can happen to the world if we could all feel comfortable talking about our
0: I think it makes makes everybody nicer because mm-hmm. then everybody has a greater appreciation for each other
1: mm-hmm. right like
0: if, like I know what you've gone through you know what I've gone through like okay now we know who we are like mm-hmm. this that that's how you that's how you you are you like mm-hmm. I know what makes you up now um now you said you uh, i want to wrap this up here soon (laughs) because i think we're over an hour oh no (laughs) um i don't know what you have to do tonight but it is friday so i'm sure you have some something to do um
1: yeah go home and do nothing (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm
0: gonna go do yeah you're an adult you worked all day Mm -hmm. yeah i get that
1: I, i used to never understand how like on fridays my mom would you know be so tired she's like it's Friday night I don't want to do it we'd be like it's Friday we have to do all these things and she's like no it is Friday I don't want to do anything and now I oh, get you're it. boring now I get it I'm like I I'm sorry mom I'm sorry I made you try to do things on Friday nights
0: yeah I get that too I get out of work and I'm like I just want to go home that's and... what Saturday's for yeah absolutely
1: sorry not to derail again
0: <laughs> no you're good so you said you wrote a novel um since this book right
1: yeah so I actually have um So you have Flash in the Dark in front of you. I also have another collection of short stories called The Problem with Humans and Other Stories. I like the way that sounds. (laughs) So, and I always say it was the best thing I ever did naming that book that because when I have it stacked on a table, you know, people walking by are kind of like, problem with humans I gotta see what that's about and it's about the same length as the one you have in front of you and I always say it's you know they'll see it and I'm like I know I know it's definitely not long enough but (laughs) I don't have that kind of time but it is the title of one of the stories in the book so I just made it the the title um and then I do have a novel mostly finished there's probably always editing and polishing that can be done um but I did get it finished and off to um, it's my first attempt at kind of just querying agents and seeing, seeing how the traditional publishing world would work and what they might think of it. Again, I know I always have this option to self publish, and honestly, it still might be what I do with my book. But I just kind of wanted to put it out there.
0: Yeah, I love that you're open to whatever. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome.
1: and see. So it's a, um, it's actually a. A Neverland story. <laughs> oh. It's called The Lost Girl, a Neverland story. So, it um, it it was definitely like a passion project. It was an idea that had just been in my head and been in my head, and finally just had to get it down. So, I love, love, love the movie Hook. Um, I love the Peter Pan story itself too, and it's really fascinating. But I loved the movie Hook. Um, so this is um, takes place. After the events of Hook, um, and it is about Peter Pan's great great granddaughter. She is diagnosed um, with a terminal illness, and her mother, who is well aware of you know her her great grandfather's past and who he was, decides to try to send her daughter to Neverland to see if it will, if it will save her life because mm. she's been diagnosed. You know, and you do not grow up in Neverland, so she's kind of you know, experimenting and says, you know, if you never grow up, maybe, you know, maybe this illness won't affect you there. So she sends her daughter off to Neverland and it is about Angela's adventures in Neverland. Uh-huh. And I won't say anything else. I won't yeah. say whether it...
0: You're making me want to read yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's
1: the point, right? Yeah, so, you awesome. know, she has adventures with Lost Boys and Hook, if you saw the end of Hook, um, is now out of the picture and Smee is now Captain... And has taken over wow. the ship and so it is about their adventures.
0: Very cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and that is available on it is not, not available, available anywhere at the moment. So um a but little your other... teaser there. <laughs> your other books are available though.
1: My other books are available. They are available on Amazon. But if you are local to the Lansing area and you want some, um, feel free to reach out to me to get them. Um They actually, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Facebook or Facebook, uh, Amazon tends to drop the price of the books randomly. So you might be able to get them for a lower price, but I think I get the same amount of royalties. So okay, I put that out there, whether you want to get them on Amazon or you can reach out to me and get them directly from me and I will sign them for you. So however you want to do it, um, I am, and I did, yes, yes. I will sign them. And if you can find two signatures that are the same, I will give you a prize. I feel like my signature is different every single time. And even looking at that, I'm like, oh, interesting. Um, What was I trying? What style was I trying out there? Um, Yeah, so you can get them on Amazon. You can um, find me on Facebook. So I've tried to split up my brands a little bit. You can find me as author Allison Spooner for my author page that has all my writings and all sorts of things. If you go far enough back, you can find me reading some of my stories. I did do live, you mentioned going live for yoga. I did do live readings at the beginning of the pandemic every day at noon Hmm. um, when we were all stuck at home. I've seen those. I watched them. Yeah, I was doing some lunchtime readings there and those are probably those are still up. Um I do have a site called snack size fiction Um, that you can find some of my stories on you can if you google me you can basically find yeah i was gonna say you sound like you're (laughs) everywhere everywhere. (laughs) i am everywhere creative warrior if you're interested in that and the community that will be up very very soon you can find creative warrior itself has a page on facebook creative warriors is the group if you want to be a part of the group we just do a little more interaction and talking about creativity and things like that in the group itself And that is where I will be giving lots of opportunities, first come opportunities to my membership site that will be launching soon. So get in there. Um, Creative Warrior also has a website, (laughs) creativewarrior.club. On creativewarrior.club, you can find my yoga schedule if you do want to register for one of my yoga classes every Tuesday night at 545 at Micah in Old Town, you can register there. You do not have to register. You can just show up, um, and and we'll figure it out from there. But um, it's just an easy way to pay online if you want to register through the website. Um, and on the website, you'll find that's you'll find updates about the site and uh, the membership site and stuff when that comes out. Okay. I think that's everything. <laughs> I don't even know. Now,
0: did you bring something <laughs> to read?
1: Oh my gosh! I forgot about that. <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, here
0: yeah.
1: it's probably easier to find it just from the book than okay. digging through my files. I actually didn't decide what I was going to read. <laughs> I was like leaving the house, and I was like, "Oh no, I talked about reading something." <laughs> that's alright. Um, and we don't need to read. I'll pick one of my really short ones. Okay. That's the that's the beauty of what I do. <laughs> what do you? What do you? So we talked about how dark mine are. So should I do a dark one?
0: Yeah, why not? Let's end it on a dark note.
1: Um, I mean, that still leaves a lot to choose from. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Um, I just saw one. Where'd it go? Oh my gosh, where'd you go? I just saw the one. I wanted right there. Okay. I will read this one. It always gets a good reaction at, when I read it at events and such. So, this is just called Oil. At first, we thought the black oil liquid was oil. We thought we'd struck it rich and we're going to move out of the ramshackle farmhouse Jim's parents left us and live in a cottage on the beach and go to restaurants with valets or whatever those guys were called and just let the house rot and fall apart on itself. If only it had been oil. If it had been, things would be different now. If all the things we'd done that day had gone differently, I wouldn't be here, alone, surrounded by silence and stench and wishing for that crumbling farmhouse. If only we'd had a geologist, or whoever it is that knows about oil, come and check it before we invited Big Mike and his digger out to start drilling the hole. If only Big Mike had been busy or less willing to help a friend or had listened when his pregnant wife asked him to stay home with her. If only Mike had just dug the hole instead of leaning down on his haunches like a kid poking in an ant farm. If only any of us had paid attention in science class or actually gone to college, we'd have known right away that oil wasn't supposed to smell like that. When Big Mike ho- had hollered, woo that's nastier than a sanitation station on a hot day, we would have run. We would have given up our pipe dream of a beach and coconuts and gone inside and called the sheriff and told him there was a giant pool of something rank bubbling up on our back 40 and somebody should come take a look. Maybe we could have gotten out of town before it spread. If Mike hadn't leaned down, the stuff wouldn't have splashed his face. He wouldn't have howled and fallen back and we wouldn't have run to his side and noticed the violent rash already creeping down his neck. Jim wouldn't have been at his side when Mike tried one last attempt to push himself up and pushed himself right into Jim who fell back and down, consumed by the black pool. If only the lab that employed half the town had told us about the chemical spill when it first happened instead of weeks after. If only they hadn't created something that could travel through soil, infect anything it touched, and kill within seconds. If only I wasn't the only one alive. If only I didn't smell the rank stench of that black death just outside the door of the closet I was cowering in. If only it had been oil. The
0: end. (laughs) There you have it. (laughs) Awesome. There you have it. Well, thank you, Allison, for doing this. It was a pleasure. It was... Awesome to get to sit down and talk to you.
1: It was awesome to be here. And I did forget all the things I said and I still <laughs> forgot something. I do um, have an event coming up on March 31st at okay. Micah in Old Town. Um, it is a, a, a an event to wrap up Women's History Month um, with five awesome, fierce women creators, uh, myself included. Um, we'll be reading just just stories about our lives about our histories um, it is going to be at seven o'clock you can find it on Facebook it is called daring and sharing a celebration of femme stories um, just to just to highlight you know the stories that make the women in you know your lives our lives who we are um, and and the stories that that um, give us the lives we have today. So we have some awesome poets. We have, oh God, I don't, do I want to name everyone and risk forgetting someone? Myself. (laughs) Isabella Mansfield, an amazing poet. Roxy Hayes Brown, an awesome storyteller. um, Christine Bricky, an awesome storyteller um, and writer. And Grace Karas, an awesome poet as well. So it will be an awesome night. Tickets are on sale now. You can find the event on Facebook or if you find me on any of the sites that i mentioned i am plugging it online and you'll be able to find it there as well
0: awesome and uh all of that should be in the show notes so perfect all right just go there folks yes, go there all right thank you
1: thank you